You guys can grab a seat. Um, this is Brian, Danny, a couple elders. Our, I'm not going to pray. We'll let them. Michael Tandy, beloved brother, went home to be with Jesus last night. So, so we're going to pray for Carrie, his wife, and um, just praise Jesus that he's home and he's not in pain anymore. So, Danny, would you pray? If you guys would reach out your hands. I didn't know him well, but um, he was an encouragement whenever I saw him. And uh, on Thursday, I was told that he wanted to make it to church one more time. And I thought of this scripture, and it says, And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they, are never, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And he made the best church service ever today. Lord, we love you so much. And Lord, we just, um, we thank you, Lord, that Michael is um, with you today. Lord, that he is worshiping you today in the best church service ever. Lord, and that he gets to see you and that he gets to praise you and that he gets to be near you in a way that we hope so much for. Lord, I thank you that um, in some of the final times of his life, Lord, you used him to uh, bring others to know you. Lord, that more people know you because of him in these past, this past little bit. Lord, and I ask that you would be with Carrie and the family. Lord, this is a hard time, I know. But Lord, Lord, that, that they would find comfort in you. Lord, not that it wouldn't be hard, Lord, but that their comfort would be in you. And Lord, that they would just lean into you and let them hold, let you hold them in a way that only you can. Lord, give us finite beings, Lord, just the words to know what to say. Um, let us be a comfort. And Lord, forgive us for things that we might say that wouldn't be help, that wouldn't be comforting. And so Lord, just be with them. Again, thank you for Michael. Thank you for um, that he is, he is running, leaping, and um, he is joyfully dancing before you today. In your holy, precious name, amen. It's always easy to follow, isn't it? <laughs> he was an incredible man. So I'm going to sit down for most of this, not just because of that, but I want to thank all of you for the support and um, specifically Danny and John and, and the elders and a bunch of people that have been teaching for this last month as I've been ill. I'm still ill. You can probably still see it on me, but that's okay. I'm about 60% energy. Doctors are still trying to figure out what it is. I still have peace knowing that the Lord knows what it is and he'll reveal it when it's time. So we are going to do something that we had intended to do on December 30th, but I didn't have the energy to do, so we ended up talking about something else. But every year for about the last three or four years, we've, we've decided as a church, let's, let's Let's talk about just kind of this theme. 
this, this push that maybe the Lord is asking of us to, to, to focus on. Not necessarily that we're going we're gonna to spend every moment, every single moment looking at this very specific thing, but we want to we wanna challenge each of us to, to, and encourage each of us to ask, what does this look like for us this year? As we study through the book of Corinthians, we'll be in, in Corinthians again next week. Dr. Voorhees kicked it off for us last week. Um, we'll spend the good part of this year finishing out 1 Corinthians. Um, but we, we, we always have one or two words that we think that the Lord would like to push us on. Again, not to focus entirely, but to, to kind of allow to, to be a lens at which we look through everything. And if you remember last year, we, we, the two words were risky faith. And we said, this is the year that we want to we challenge everyone to risk faith, to step out and, and act in faith and see what faith looks like. And as the elders, as we prayed and, and we came to that, those words, we had no idea that we were going to actually be jumping into trying to find a facility downtown and tearing it apart as we speak. That was something the Lord did. And so I, uh, as, we, as we prayed about the words this week, um, as, uh, this year, as we talked about it, there was a number of different words that came up. But but the words, it's not very far-fetched from, from risky faith. It's, it's, it's two words, really. It's sacrificial obedience. And so I feel like this is the year that, that as we study through 1 Corinthians, as we work on um, finding out where the Lord is going to take us, that, that this is going to be hopefully something that's woven into the thread of your life. That as you meet in your gospel communities, as you, as you discuss it with your families, whether it's about what we're teaching in 1 Corinthians or just anything else in school or work and relationships, where is the Lord asking you to sacrifice? Where is he asking you to live in obedience? And the funny thing is, is, is we, we felt like these were the words that the Lord wanted to take us to. The really silly thing is that these are two really kind of bad words if you think about it for most of us. When we think of, well, they both denote a negative connotation. When we think of sacrifice, we think of giving up something greater for something less. When we think of obedience, we think of taking and giving ourselves away to be honoring God while having no fun. In fact, obey is a four-letter word to most of us. When you see things like obey my commands in the scripture, it, it, it kind of ruffles a feather in us. And many of us would say that we, we want to honor God with that in our lives. We want to, we want to follow him. We want him to to be the, the focus and the purpose for us. But, but when it comes to obedience, we, we usually look for ways to try and find loopholes in the Scripture, how this verse doesn't really mean specifically what it's saying. It doesn't apply to our circumstances so that we can do the very opposite of obedience, which isn't just not obeying, it's disobeying. And so I wanted to just real quickly talk about these two words today, and then, and then hopefully through this year we'll continue to kind of focus back in on it. We'll continue to kind of point it out as we study through the divisiveness in the church and some of the other things through the book of Corinthians. But, but first off, sacrifice was, was one of those things that, again, I, I'll admit to this. I don't know. Maybe we could do a show of hands, but I don't want you to have to be that honest. But I, I feel like a lot of times when I think of sacrifice, I really do think I'm giving up something greater for lesser. I'm going to sacrifice of my funds for this. I'm going to sacrifice of my time for this. And in every situation, when I, when I use the word sacrifice, rarely do I use it as I'm going to sacrifice a hamburger for a salad, although maybe that's how some of us would use it, right? It's more along the lines of something what I would believe is spiritual. I believe that the Lord is asking me to, to spend time with this friend, and so instead of doing what I want to do, I'm going to sacrifice what I want that I think would be really, really good to go do what the Lord asks of me. Sacrifice, if you look in the scriptures, was never really intended to be that at all. In fact, sacrifice was intended to worship God. It was created for God. 
people brought unspotted animals to worship God, to say that he is holy and we are not, to, to point his value and, and bring worship to him. In fact, the very first time that worship shows up, it's actually sacrifice, when he's going to sacrifice Isaac, Abraham. And so, so sacrifice is actually something that we need to rework our minds into thinking and recognizing that when we give up of something, we are gaining something so much greater. Dr. Voorhees talked about how what we believe about tomorrow will shape what we do today. When you think about our sacrifice, if we say, I'm going to sacrifice of time or money or, or energy or comfort for these kingdom purposes, the kingdom purposes far outweigh anything that you may have held on to. Sacrifice is a beautiful thing. Sacrifice is something that the Lord commands of us too. In fact, Romans 12 tells us that we are to be a living sacrifice. Sacrifice is something that every single one of us that follow Jesus are going to have to give ourselves to. Here's the crazy thing. I think most of us sacrifice on a daily basis, but we sacrifice the greater for the lesser. We give of ourselves to something that has less value. We give our time to, to, our, to our, own personal, our own personal growth, our own space, our own things, and we, we put the kingdom of God on its back seat and say, we'll get to that when we have time. Examples like, when I get out of college, then I'll really make my walk with the Lord real. When, I finally, when, I, when we finally get married and settled down, then maybe we'll actually start trying to be in community, as if the scriptures say, well, when you're married, then get in community. And we continue to, to believe the lies that the enemy tells us and that this culture and this world tells us that ultimately, it's about us. And so don't sacrifice too much. Don't let the cost be too much because you really need to make sure that you got you first. So when we think of sacrificial obedience, I, I felt like those two words went really well together, mainly, again, because of the seemingly double negative. Most of us don't wake up in the morning and go, man, I just hope I obey all day long. In fact, that's not something that rarely do we think. In fact, the reason why I think rarely do we think that is because most of us disobey without even taking a thought to it. We look at the scriptures and we see things like, like don't ever be drunk. And well, I wasn't drunk, I was just tipsy. Okay, well, you're disobeying. We see things about being sexually moral or pure in these ways. We're like, ah, it's not impure. We're going to get married someday anyways. And we don't even take a thought. We don't even give one ounce of energy to recognize that this isn't just not obeying, but this is actually disobeying. And I have kids. I have four kids. And as much as anyone else, I've, I'm probably messing them up like all of us are with our children, right? But obedience is one of those things that's really easy to see in your kids. And I, I can't help but think a lot of times that the Lord looks at me the same way I look at my children. Right? Like, he's definitely not as condescending or as sac <laughs> sarcastic as I am. But I feel like a lot of times when I look at my kids, I'm like, man, that's such an easy thing to obey. Why wouldn't you do it? And I feel like the Lord just pushes on me. He's like, Bren, exactly why? And so when we talk about obedience, I want to be really careful because it'd be really easy for us, especially those in here maybe that don't, don't follow the Lord, haven't given their life to the Lord. It'd be really easy for us to say, okay, well, I need to muster up strength. I need to do the right things so that these other things will happen to me. And really, when it comes to obedience, I think the, the biggest issue of obedience is the motivation for which we do it. You know, we, there's this, the, the old adage, I don't know if you say it, I don't say it very often to my kids, but it's like, obey with a happy heart, right? It's like, it's almost like an oxymoron, right? Obey me with a happy heart. Like, this is usually the context in which it's used, right? But like, but like there's, there's something about obedience. Like, if my kids are obeying me because they're afraid of what I may do to them, that's not, that's not healthy. If my, my kids are obeying me because they're just begrudgingly, okay, fine, I'll do this, because the scriptures say, children, obey your parents, that's not really winning anything. 
if I just obey because I'm hoping to earn God's favor, that's a gross misrepresentation of the gospel. Motivation has everything to do with obedience. Motivation has everything to do with us submitting ourselves to everything that God commands of us in the scripture. It's not our strength that does it. It's the Holy Spirit that he has gifted to us through Jesus Christ that gives us the enabling ability to walk without sin, to live in in honor and obedience of of him. Obedience is to give yourself willingly to something. That's the the most basic definition I can give you. There's probably a lot of holes in it, but either way. Um, 1 John 2 one through, or three through six has this, this statement. And First John is, is talking specifically about people that were in the church and they were, they were leaving the church. And so there's this, this wrestle as he's writing this letter to this church. He's saying, look, look, there were people that, that, that looked like us and they talked like us and they acted like us and they were in gospel communities with us and they showed up to church like us and they, they gave money like us and they seemed to fit the part, but they were never really of us. And so he goes on and he says, here's, here's, here's how you know. You want to know if you know God. It's 1 John 2, 3 through 6. He says, and by this we know that we have come to know him, speaking of Jesus Christ. If we keep his commandments, whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected, completed. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides or remains in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Right before this, verses 1 and 2 talks about that, or just goes on after this, is if we sin, we have an advocate in Jesus Christ. So those of you that are like, man, I disobeyed God last night, I must not know him. You still have the advocate of Jesus Christ. But he's saying, if you really want to know if someone is the Lord's, watch how they obey his commands. Watch how they live their life in a way that's obedient to who he is and what he's asked of them. John ties together obedience and knowing God. So, so there's something we have, to un- we have to unfold there a little bit or just kind of pull out a little bit. Knowing God is tied together with the obedience to him. And so if you're in here today in your life, you're like, man, I, I, have, I have no desire to know him, but I'm trying to obey him, you've missed, you've missed it altogether. If you're in here going, I'm going to obey, 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 and I don't know him, then you just are just trying to form some religion that isn't the gospel. But if you claim to know him and there is no obedience in your life, then John would say you're a liar. I'm not talking about struggling. I'm not talking about the issues that we will have. Every single one of us are still in this fleshly body battling these things to try and make it be sanctified by the Lord. He promises to finish what he started in us, so he will do it. He's never broken a promise yet. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So to have this mind, it's only ours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now, just take that into effect for a second. Just take that in a moment. He literally is equal with God, but didn't call that something he could actually grasp. He didn't even give himself that, okay? He says, he says but in, emptied himself by coming on, taking on flesh, by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in him human, being found in him, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming what? obedient by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Those of us that profess to follow God are, are to have a mindset the same as Christ. It was a mind of obedience, obeying God in all ways. And so when we think of obedience as, as a negative thing, we've got to look at the fact that we're to be like Christ, and he, he went at this willingly. Hebrews tells us he joyfully 
accepted the cross. He, he, he ran to this for the prize that was at the end of it. John 14, 15 says, if you love God, then that means that you keep his commandments. This is literally what John 14, 15 says. If you love God, then you'll keep his commandments. And so we see something here. And this is, this is where I want us to understand something. Obedience is not a bad thing. When God says, hey, I want you to stay pure, he's not trying to take away fun from you. He's actually trying to do something in you that he said, I created you to live this way. I know what's best for you. It's like I look at my children and I say, hey, this isn't the right thing for you. You don't understand it, but I know that where this goes and what this leads to is, is, is not good. And I am an imperfect father, comparably to him. But John 15, just a chapter after this, where he's talking about the commandments, and this is what I wanted us to understand today, and then we'll, um, we'll worship some more and do some other things. But um, John 15, 9 through 11 says this, as the Father has loved me. Now, 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 please hear this. This is the motivation. This is the motivation for you and I to obey the Lord. As the Father has loved me. How many of us forget that? Jesus is speaking about himself right here, but how many of us forget that? That he actually loves you, and he's proven that through Jesus Christ. As the Father has loved me, Jesus, so, so, I, so have I loved you. There's that word, abide in my love. That means remain in my love. Remain. Hold true. Stand close. Don't run. Don't distance. Remain in my love. There's, there's a way in which you and I can live that we can recognize that Jesus loves us as the Father loves him. He loves, let me, let me make that a little bit more personal. He loves you as the Father loves him. You ever think about that? God perfectly loves Jesus. There's not, a, there's not an incongruency or, or a shortcoming or that one season of life where it's like, oops, I, you know, I was a little frustrated. I was struggling with some stuff. Like, he perfectly loves Jesus, and Jesus says, I perfectly love you. I love you. Now remain in me. He says, if you keep my commandments, if you will, you will abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, if you obey what I command of you, if you, if you look at this scripture not as some horrible thing taking away fun, but as something that we can live our lives in true, we can actually remain in the presence of Jesus' love. He says, you abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his loves. These things I have spoken to you. Why? That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. That, that word full is better to say overfull. See, and I think so many of us see when we think about obedience or sacrifice, we think about losing joy. We give up something so that we can, so that joy can no longer be present because we know we're supposed to just do this and this is what the Lord asks of us and, and we're just going to begrudgingly kind of just stomp our way through this following the Lord because it's just horrible to just live for God. And Jesus says the exact opposite of that here. I, I hope you hear this. Your motivation is right here. If you want to experience joy, not a cheap happiness that this world tries to offer, not a, not a momentary happiness that you might gain from getting a new house or having a marriage or having children, all beautiful things, but a true, lasting, overfilled joy, here's how you do it, by abiding, by remaining in God, keeping his commandments, and your joy will be the same joy that is in Jesus, and you will have an overflowing, overflowing joy that will make every single sacrifice, every single step of obedience taste so good and sweet. And so when we think of 
of obeying the Lord and running from God. If we, think of, if we think of giving ourselves to something lesser and we realize, wait a second, this lesser promise is something that it can never keep. The promise of, of the world is, is something that will never, ever come through. But we can give ourselves to something profound and powerful by saying every single thing that we do to remain in the Lord by the Spirit's strength will bring about a joy that nothing can take from you. A joy that Michael Tandy had. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so true. When you see that the world has nothing to offer you of any value, but God has everything for you, it changes the way you live your life. And our hope, our hope for you is that this will be a year that you no longer see obey as a four-letter word. You no longer see sacrifices, giving up something greater for lesser, and you recognize that everything that this world has to offer is not even a close second to the kingdom of God. Whether it's in your time, in your money, in your relationships, in your marriages, in your education, in your reputation, any of those things, every single thing holds a very distant second. Not even a second, it's like way down the list. I don't know how to quantify it. But if you want to experience joy this year, 2019 wants to be a year of joy, then remain, abide, submit to his commandments. Let the work that the Lord did with you with faith. Remember our definition for faith? We said true Bible faith is a confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. We said that, we said that taking God at his word and confidently acting on it in obedience is faith. So many people are so quick to say, I can believe this and I have faith. Like, I have faith that the Lord will reveal to me what is going on with my body and why I look like I have a terrible spray tan and, and jaundice right now, right? I have complete faith in that. But it takes obedience and stepping and acting and recognizing that even if I never know the answer, that was the Lord's will. And I will still do what the Lord commands of me, which is remain with Him, abide with Him. It's not easy. At times, I feel like I'm giving up so much greater things, and the Lord has to continually remind me, gently reprove me, discipline me, and remind me that I am His, and He is mine, and that the best spot I can be is obedient to Him. Amen? John says one more thing. It almost feels like a Jedi mind trick, but I wanted to, I wanted to bring it up for you. He says, First um, John 5, 3, says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. You, you know, that, if you've ever tried to keep any of what the Lord commands of you, it feels at times fairly burdensome, right? Like, is, is John, like, trying to do some kind of mind trick on you? Like, it's not burdensome, just don't think that way. No, I think John's reminding us when your motivation's right, they won't be burdensome. It starts with, this is the love of God. If you love God, he already said this, if you love God, You'll obey him. You'll keep his commandments. You can't separate those two. If you know God, you'll obey him. You can't separate those two. So to keep his commandments is not burdensome because it's not us doing it. It's his spirit gifted to us to do it in his glory and for his glory at all times. It's not burdensome because we recognize to obey him isn't some second class option. It's the best option. It's not burdensome because we recognize that when we sacrifice and obey the Lord, we aren't giving ourselves to something lesser that will leave us wanting. We are giving ourselves to the only thing that will satisfy us to an entirety. Would you make this year a year of love? Where so much love of God happens that the only outcome can be a remaining with Him in obedience to His word. 
when, when someone lovingly comes to you and says, hey, brother or sister, this is, this is sin I see in you. Don't, don't push away. Push into that. You know how much strength that takes to say that to someone in a gentle and caring way? When the Lord says to you, no, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push on you because you aren't obeying me in this way. Don't run from it. Do what James says. Remain under it. Stay present. Because these sufferings are just momentary. And they don't even come close to the glory of him in comparison. So would you spend this year with us asking the Lord these two questions? God, what are you asking me to sacrifice? Maybe you need to start with, God, what have I held that's more valuable than you? That's maybe the first thing you need to ask. Because if you don't do that, and you don't identify those things, and he asks you to sacrifice it, you might believe the lie that what you're giving up is greater than what he's asking you to give. What are you asking me to sacrifice? God, where are you asking me to obey? And some of you, some of you, this will just be like, keep going. Keep running this race with endurance. Keep going. The Lord is, is at work. Don't give up. Keep moving. And some of you, it's going to be a whole new restart. He's going to say, man, I need to pull you from this. You need to give up of this. You're going to have to let go of that. And it's just going to be this thing. And I promise you this, I promise you this, that when he starts working you in that way and you remain in his presence, you'll experience a joy that you've never, ever, ever experienced before. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Yes, death is still going to happen, but God has defeated death. And we're not for this world. This isn't it for us. He has a kingdom that is coming on the back of Jesus Christ, and we pray for that to come every single day because that's when we have no more pain, no more struggle to obey, no more, no more questions. We can just stand and join in the choir of Mike, with Michael Tandy and worship him. Father, thank you, for, thank you for giving us a way to obey by sending Jesus Christ. God, for those in the room that, that still have questions about him, um, would you just uh, overwhelm their heart with truth? Let them see that there is no greater good than Jesus Christ. There is no way to understand or have joy than Jesus Christ. There is no truth other than Jesus Christ. God, would you give us the ability to surrender to your spirit so that we can make much of Jesus Christ for his glory and your glory with this little bit of time that we have breath on this earth. And God, forgive us of the ways we keep choosing to sacrifice you, a greater, an infinite, perfect, perfect father for lesser things. God, forgive us for ways that we've, we've allowed money to be sacrificed Um, We've allowed you to be sacrificed for money in our life. We've allowed you to be sacrificed for relationships or status or reputation. God, forgive us for the ways that we disobey you completely because we're embarrassed to say something about you. God, all the ways that we have disobeyed you, God, forgive us, please. And we thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. We don't have to wonder if it's coming because you sent Jesus Christ on the cross so that we can know in confidence that it's there and it's ours and it's poured out and there's more than enough for us. And God, for this year, I pray as we ask the question, what are you asking us to sacrifice? What are you asking us to to obey? I pray that we would never lose sight of whatever we're sacrificing, it's for you. Whatever we're sacrificing, it's for your glory and for worship towards you. And God, however we're obeying, it's for your glory to be brought to this world and for us to experience just an unbelievable, gracious gift that you give us that when we obey, we can actually understand and feel and walk and taste and, and, and breathe a true, complete joy. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for um, 
the fact that the brokenness of this world doesn't win. We thank you that uh, we thank you that we can we can stand here, we can sit with you today, and 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 talk about you in. in without any, any fear of what may, may or may not happen in this world, God, despite what politically is happening, despite what's going on around this world, God, you are sovereign and in control, and we give our lives to you. God, may we just be fixated on that. May our lives be marked by children that obey you with the right motivation, not begrudgingly, not going through the motions, but out of the love we have for you because you first loved us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What we're going to do, I'm going to ask uh, Brian and Danny, a couple elders, to come up again. We have been doing this, and I tried very hard to, to honor you guys' time. We've been in a, a fundraiser for a while, actually only four months. Isn't that weird? It's only been four months. But I promised you guys at the very beginning we wouldn't talk about a lot, which we haven't, and there's been a lot of questions and where are we at and what's going on. And so Brian and Danny are going to come up, but we wanted to give you guys just a quick update on where we are, on where we are, what we're doing. And just to, to be clear again, we're, we said that in... in September that we were going to dig in deeper roots to get into a facility. I got to say this, it's, it's like three quarters demoed already because of amazing volunteers that saved us around $12,000 just by doing the demo ourselves. So thank you for all of you that have been working tirelessly through the building. There's still work to do. So if you're like, I really want to do something all week long. Brian or Danny, one of you guys are going to share a little bit of why we're doing this. Well, um, I am probably at least fiscally more conservative and plan out things and really like to have a comfort level. If, if you ask Midori, it'll take me six years to pick out a new car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> and that's average low, right? right that's right, that's time, average yeah. low, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this, and these guys know, when, I mean, if, if Bren asks, like, if he wants to update all the pens in the office, I'm kind of more like, well, can we afford it? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's really that kind of dynamic with us. And I'll tell you, when we started talking about this, it really pushed me in a super uncomfortable mm -hmm. place. <laughs> and, but that's what faith is. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, we don't ask for faith in things that we know the outcome of. We ask for faith in things that are that are unknown uh, and in Hebrews, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. And my prayers for weeks would be in the faith that was growing in me and by continuously leaning on my own understanding, am I a stumbling block in his kingdom? Mm -hmm. And time and time again, when, when I kept coming back to that conversation, that one-on-one -on -one conversa conversation with the Lord, it was like, it was, no, this is my doing and then to see that backed up with the obedience and then how the overwhelming support from the congregation mm -hmm. and what's really just amazing is the overwhelming support of those 
outside the congregation, mm -hmm. which was, this is way bigger than the understanding of my little brain. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's in it every day as we get closer yeah. to moving into that, while we're in the building, but every day we get closer to worshiping and celebrating Christ in that building. It reemphasizes to me that he, it's his plan, he is in control, mm -hmm. and we just get to shepherd through that process. Yeah. So. Um, unlike Brian, I just say, yeah, go get the pens. <laughs> <laughs> now you know my life, right? Now you know my life. Mom, dad, dad, mom, I'm not sure what you know, sorry. Um, I, uh, you know, I think that we're going to share some numbers here today, and it isn't, uh, there's a huge amount of praise in there, yeah. and there's still, uh, there's still a little bit that needs to, you know, a gap still, but I think where it was really important to me as we shared through this is that just several things. One is that this is God's church, yeah. and it has always been God's church, and it will always be God's church, and the mm -hmm. second that it isn't, I hope that he... Uh, puts it to bed. Yeah. And so, and so in that, what we're trying to do is follow his leading in terms of um, being in the downtown, staying in the downtown, and, and the Lord has continually opened doors, and there's so many, there's so many faithful steps that the Lord has shown his faithfulness uh, in that, uh, that we could go, we could go into, I don't think we have time to do that today, but uh, ask any one of us, and we could share any amount of those, but the next steps in this is that many of you have given, and, and so I thank you for that. What I thought about when we were kind of preparing for today is that giving and obedience in general, not just giving, but obedience in general, is, is a continual dependence uh, on the Lord. And so we give because we, the Lord commands us to, number one, uh, and because we love him, then we, we obey but the second, the part of the reason that he asks us to give is so that materials and money and um, those things don't have a grip on our life. Mm -hmm. And so that we're not a servant to those things, but instead we're only a servant to the Lord. And so one thing I thought about was about how Abraham, in, in terms of that dependence, is how God told Abraham to go and sacrifice his son. And I'm Many of us, I think, probably all of us, in, whether we know it or not, are grateful that when the Lord interrupted that, he didn't say, no, 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 that's what you told me to do. I'm going for it. And, <laughs> and, and just continue to plow forward. And so I think a lot of times that's what we do. That's what I do. And that's a thing that the Lord's working on in my heart is that I pray about what to give and then I give it and then I don't think about it. And so... I don't continually go back to the Lord and say, Lord, is that, like, do you want me to give more? Have, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to, I want to be continually dependent on you. So what is it that you want me to do? And again, we're talking about giving, but this is in every area of our lives in terms of obedience is that, Lord, what do you want me to do now? Now that I've stepped forward and obeyed you, what do you want me to do now? I want to continually be dependent on you. So as you guys continually pray about uh, where it is that the Lord has you, keep that in mind, you know, and if the Lord says, I don't want you to give anymore, like you've been faithful, then praise the Lord for that. Like that is wonderful. 
Yeah, I think that's, that's Thank you. Probably the reasons why we're doing yeah. this. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then I want to share some numbers with you. But first, a couple of those stories that he said, we said from the beginning we were trying to wait to get back to you about our total tenant improvement costs. So for those of you that don't know, because we know I have new families here, um, an, an individual that goes to another church got connected with me almost two years ago now and basically said, hey, I want to help you guys get a facility so I can have a little bit of monthly income. And so he actually worked with us. We prayed, did a lot of meetings. And he bought the building that we're now in over on 27th and Main. So he, he wrote a check, bought the building. The building is in his name, and he's given us a 10-year, really, really inexpensive lease to, to stay in there. And that's how we got in this building. But then we were responsible for the tenant improvements. And so in that process, well, just a couple of stories that, like, really helped us step forward. One is the people that own the building are believers, and they, it appraised for $1.3 million, And when they found out what we were going to use it for, they sold it to us for nine fifty. And so, so that's a huge, huge deal right there. When they first got the building, mm-hmm. they prayerfully were like, man, I think that the Lord has, it was probably 10 years ago, 15, 15 yeah. years ago, they were like, the Lord has something for this building. I don't know what it is. And they almost were, from what I understand, they were almost, when they were selling it, they're like, man, what, Lord, what was, what was that? Like, we, you, thought, it we was, thought it yeah. was this, what is it? And then they were getting ready to pull it off of the market when our offer came through. And they and that's a, a huge part of an answer to their prayer and yeah. their growing of faith yeah. in that. Yeah, and so so we got into this facility. Um, we've been tearing it down, and I wanted to tell you a couple numbers. So originally, just so this is, my wife told me that I do numbers differently than a lot of people, so we'll have a graphic, and hopefully this will make sense. If it doesn't, just like go, mm, okay, yeah, just shake that at me. But yeah, you can smack me in the head. No, yeah, you don't know anything about math, do you? Sorry. <laughs> Math teacher, doctorate, it's okay. So we had, so we had, the, originally we said our tenant improvements would be 300000 to 350000 okay? That was what we thought it would be. They came in at 321 So right in the middle, so praise God, they weren't high, they weren't low, but we said three to three fifty, And then we said at the beginning, too, that we wanted to raise $80,000 to cover the two years of lease is what we we're trying to do. So, so our numbers were three eighty to four thirty originally. Well, now we can see it's four hundred one six. 565. Oh, that's okay. That's great. That wasn't on there. But surprise, um, the great news, that's my fault. So 401,000 is kind of what we're shooting for. The, the lease amount, we don't necessarily have to have it on hand, but we wanted to make sure that we had that as a steady stream of income so that we didn't ever get to a spot where we were house poor. Like, yay, we raised all this money to get in and now we can't afford to stay here. And so that was why as elders we prayed, we felt like that would be a safe amount of money for us to really buy ourselves some time to make sure that we can get past the whole raising money and everything like this. As of today, four months ago, I want to tell you this, four months ago, okay, we started raising money. So we haven't even been in this that far. Uh, 14 churches gave us $35,000. 14 different churches in the valley gave us $35,000 to stay downtown. So this is a huge, huge thing. On hand, we have, thank you, Karen, sorry, I keep messing you up. On hand, we have $268,589. On hand, that's what money we have in the bank. Now, praise God, right? So... Just do this little thing, right, okay? Our church, $268,000 on hand in less than four months. That is a huge miracle, okay? That is a ridiculous miracle. Many, many, many people that are wise and have counseled us on how to do this said that that's like you got to like praise God 100 times over because that's amazing. We wanted to pay for our tenant improvements in cash. We have to pay for our tenant improvements by the time it's done, which is around May. So we have to, in the next five months, come up with, this number right here, $52,976. So we still need another $52,000 to come in 
on hand by the end of May so that we can pay off the entire build-out process with no money being borrowed or anything like that, and it's be done. We have, now this is where it gets a little tricky, we have another $110,677 committed in the three-year commitment. So I want you guys to hear this for a second. $286,000 was given, and $110,000 is still committed in. That's a lot of money that's been committed in four months. Like, praise God. Thank you for your obedience to them. Thank you for submitting to that. We're doing really, really good. $52,000 is still a decent amount of money to come up with. I'm not going to pretend like that's not, but it seems so doable in five months when we just did 270 in four. So, so this is where we're at. So by May, we need to get $52,000 in. And I, I bring this up, meaning some of you, um, we know there are still households that have um, maybe still been praying about being a part of this, or some of you maybe are just now hearing about this for the first time. In the, in the seat back in front of you are some of our cards we did originally. You're welcome to make a commitment if you want to. Um, you can give to it. We have also noticed, and I want to say this just because it's really cool, some of the three-year commitment, I think a lot of people didn't want to give their money one time, or they couldn't give it in one time. And so we've had three-year commitments that have already been like taken care of and are giving over and above three-year commitment stuff. And we also have people that are giving that never committed anything to it, but they're giving on a monthly basis. So you don't have to follow the system. We just want you to be obedient to it. But I want to tell you guys, this is where we are. Now, um, a couple things to be aware of. You're like, well, 110000 we're already there. You're right. If we had all that in May, we'd totally be there. But that's committed over three years. So we're not going to bank on that that money's coming in. And really, we're hoping that the 80 can come out of that 110 to cover our lease for the next two years is what we're doing. Anything extra that comes in, okay? So if you're like, wow, we're almost there. You're like, I can give, I can write a check for, for $52,000 today and we'll be done. It's like, praise God, that's awesome. Anything extra, and please do if you want to, right? If the Lord's asking you that. Um, anything extra that comes in will go to either the lease for this facility or we're not doing much downstairs. And if you've been in the building there's some need to do some stuff for the classrooms, and we still have to get some chairs, and so there's some expenses that aren't in this, because this is just that, that, that 321, by the way, is like us getting in like Rev style, meaning it's not going to be pretty, okay? Like, <laughs> but we, we can occupy it legally, okay? So, that's what, we're, so, so that, that's what we're going for, okay? And we're fine with that. We have no problem with that, but, but if you want to give to this, you can do it. There's still tons of work that needs to be done there. There's still building and all sorts of things that can happen. And so if you're like, man, I got time during the week, we just have, we'll just get you in there whenever you want. So just let us know when you want to be in there. Bring friends. There's still some demo that needs to be done. Um, it's incredible what God has done, and we're super excited. And there will still be ways to play a part, like paint and other things that we can save money down the road. It's not all demo. There's like putting stuff back together that we can still play a part too. So this is where we are. So we need $52,000 by May. I would encourage you to do one of three things or all three things. One is please be praying. Please be praying for this. Like, don't stop praying. Not just for personal like Danny was sharing about what the Lord is asking of you, but be praying that God would move in the hearts of everyone, right? I mean, he brought, of that 260000 he brought 35000 of it from other churches in the valley that believed in helping us stay downtown. Like, he owns the cattle on the Thousand Hills. This is not scary to him. I'm really excited to be past this, but never get past it and not give the Lord the credit and the glory for doing it. I don't want this to be about a building. We don't, we don't see this as like, oh, great, now we can really do church. We want to continue to do church, and we want to continue to be invested in ministry and, and just allow this to be our temporary tent that the Lord has given us. 
It's the same reason why we still did our giving tree over, the, over Christmas, and you guys gave over $4,500 to that in the middle of this because we don't want to stop doing the things that we believe that God has commanded us uh, to do. And so we are in this. We're excited. Please be prayerful. That's the first thing. Second thing is if you are like, man, I really want to be a part of this, and I don't know how to be a part of this, um, get creative with it. We've had people that have cut hair and raised money, garage sales. I, I mentioned this before. Some of you college students are like, man, I love this church. This church is home. Like, never, ever ask of your family to, to take from what God is commanding in their, their community. But if there was something that your parents would like, hey, I want to help you guys get in this building, ask them that. You, have, you, have, you, ha- you can have that conversation. I'm not going to call them and ask them that. But, like, get creative with it. Find ways to, to do things. Maybe it's a, I'm going to sacrifice some coffee or eating out and give to this and recognize that it's not much of a, that's a, that's a lesser for a greater. Um, and then the third thing is take part in it. Come down there. Ha- hammer walls out. Pull up carpet. <laughs> get dirty. Um, put some walls together. Because I, I feel like as people have seen it, I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, probably about, I don't know, 34 people. There's been some people that have been there every single day because they have the, the time they're scheduled to do it. But every time someone comes in there, there's just there's excitement because we can see what God's doing. And we're really, really excited about it. So thank you guys for everything you've done. Let me just praise God and pray for us. And then the band will come up. Worship God. Thank you, thank you for what you've done in this. This isn't us making this happen. Um, this isn't us trying to work these circumstances together. You brought this investor to us. You brought this building to us. You you held on to this building for this couple before they sold it to us. Like you are doing all of these things. Um, we are just so thankful for the many many miracles in that. Even the miracle where eighty thousand dollars potentially was going to show up as structural, and then we found um, a, an answer where we don't have to do that, and that's zeroed out. God, you've You've continually shown up over and over and over again, and we are so, so thankful for it. Thank you for uh, the fact that we're able to save the wood that we're tearing down to put the walls that we need downstairs. So you're even, you're even bringing back costs there. God, you're just doing so many amazing things. Thank you for the amazing volunteers that have given so much of their time to, to help us do this. Even to, to save us this $12,000 for demo has been incredible. God, you are so good, and I pray that this building would never become the thing we focus on. I pray that we would never lose sight of of, of Jesus' name and his glory and what we're about. I pray that as we step out in faith and obedience to you in this, God, I pray that you would just be showing up over and over again like you promised to do building your church until you come back. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.